folks, Dr. Tim Jordan here with another new episode of Raising Daughters. I come with you or come to you every week talking about some topic that pertains to what's going on for girls today, hopefully giving you some suggestions, some awarenesses, some tools to help you in the process of raising a healthy, happy daughter. Today I was motivated to do this particular topic, which I'll mention in a moment, for several reasons. One, I saw uh, two high school girls in the last couple of days in my counseling practice, and also an eighth grade girl who were kind of stressed and feeling pressured about this issue. The other was I was able to give a talk a couple of days ago to a group of about 120 honor students at a private all-girls high school. And I hear over and over and over again the stress and pressure they're putting on themselves about their futures. So I thought today I would try and answer the question, is college necessary for a successful life? Now, when I talk to young women, a lot of them would look at me like, well, duh, of course, everybody goes to college, you have to go to college, but is that really true? Sometimes we just think things are true because, I don't know, we just think things are true. Like we just assume that sports are good a good way to build character. I, I've been doing some reading about that. I'm going to do a podcast sometime in the near future. But the truth is, we don't really know for sure if it's if sports builds character. A lot of things go into that. Just like the whole topic of, is college necessary for a successful life? I read a quote by Sebastian Thrun, who's a co-founder and the CEO of Udacity. And he said this, I could pressure my son but the skill of reacting to pressure I put on him is not the skill I want him to have. There's a lot of pressure I think we put on, on kids today about their education, about getting straight A's, about getting into a top college. There's a, uh, one of my camp campers and who, who became a camp counselor who, when I asked her one time uh, what her plans were after high school, and she said, oh, I guess I'm going to go to college. I said, well, why are you going to go to college? You don't seem too motivated. She said, well, basically what she said was, my parents want me to go. My parents expect me to go. And she didn't say this, but I would have said to her also, and society tells you you should go. But as I listened to her and and prompted her, what she pretty much admitted to was that she really wanted to do not college. She wanted to go to beautician school. She wanted to do hair and makeup. Eventually, she, she said she wanted to do makeup for celebrities on the red carpet at the Oscars. She's the kind of kid who was the, the friend who always did everybody's makeup before homecoming, before prom. When her parents found out that she was thinking about doing that, they threw a hissy fit. And they threatened to withhold any support for her. They wouldn't pay for that. They would have helped to pay for her college. They would not pay for her cosmetology school. I met a girl a couple of years before that, who went to a private all-girls high school. And she had decided to go the beautician route and to go to a, to a cosmetology school. And when she crossed the stage at her graduation, the school was so upset with her choice that they couldn't say, here's uh, Sally, she's gonna, she was admitted to and she's going to attend this such and such cosmetology school. What they said was, she's been accepted into and they named off three or four colleges. They could not just tell the audience this girl is not going to college because all of our graduates go to college. That's the pressure girls are under. Everybody goes. Everybody should go. If you don't go, you're judged as being less than, 
being stupid. You're not going to be successful. And I wonder, is that really true? And so I started investigating this. I did a lot of reading, read lots of articles. I've talked to you before about this one path mentality, this one size fits all standard. We all we're all supposed to go and get good grades, go to a college, get a good job, make a lot of money. That's the path our kids are are hearing, absorbing, being conditioned to believe that's the only way. They're supposed to know when they're 16, 18, 20, their whole life story. The eighth grader I talked to the other day told me she was feeling pressure because she didn't know if she wanted to go to college and if she did, what she would major in. She's in eighth grade. She's already feeling like she's behind. Oh, I hate to I hear that. I hear that all the time. Girls telling me they feel like they're behind because they don't know. Because some of their friends say, well, I'm going to do this. These are girls who are 14, 16, 18. They don't know. But they think that they should know. And so they put it out there. Then everybody else says, oh, my gosh, I should know, too. And I think we're doing a, a big disservice to our daughters when that's the mentality. That audience of 120 honor students I talked to the other day, I asked them, how many of you feel like you're behind as far as knowing what your major is going to be, knowing if you're going to go to college, knowing what your life path is supposed to be, what your career is going to be? How many of you feel behind? And in that auditorium of about 120 uh, young women, I would say 95% of them raised their hand. Which is interesting because if you think you're behind, but everybody around you also thinks they're behind, then maybe nobody's behind. It's also interesting that when I ask uh, girls, how many people in the United States who are 25 years of age or older, how many of those people have a four-year degree? And by the way, I've asked the same question of adults. I almost always get the same answer. When I ask them, how many people 25 or older in this country have a four-year degree? Most people guess, oh, 65%, 80%, and the 70%. The answer actually is about 37%. And that's up a little bit. I mean, it was running around 28%, 32%. It kind of bounces around a little bit. But about two-thirds of people in this country who could have a four-year degree don't. That's interesting, isn't it? We just assume that more people do. As of 2021, those are the latest statistics I found. About 37% of adults 25 years or older have a bachelor's degree, including about 14% who also have a graduate or professional degree. It's interesting, the gap in college completion is even wider than that among adults who are 25 to 34, that narrower age range. 46% of women who are 25 to 34 have a bachelor's degree. 36% of men do. So women are, are beating boys' butts. Only 62% of students who start a degree or a certificate program finish that program within six years. A lot of our kids that go off to a four-year school do not graduate in four years or four and a half years or five years or even six years. I'm going to throw a few facts out at you that might feed our argument, or not our argument, but our discussion here about is college really necessary? There is a growing earnings gap between young college graduates and their, and their counterparts who don't have a, high, a college degree. In 2021, full-time workers aged 22 to 27 who had a bachelor's degree um, made a medium annual, annual income of about $52,000 compared with $30,000 for full-time workers. 
So they made about $25,000 more than people who had just a high school degree. Over the course of their lifetime of earnings, people with a bachelor's degree earn about a million dollars more in total versus people who have just a high school degree. So that degree does, over time, mean more income. As of December of 2021, it's interesting, 41% of college graduates in their 20s were underemployed, meaning they were working in jobs that typically doesn't require a college degree, but they were working at them even with their degree. That was compared to 34% amongst all college graduates. So, so about 41% are not using their degree. It's also interesting that when it comes to income and wealth accumulation, first-generation college graduates lag way behind those who have college-educated parents. That's a whole other discussion for another day. It's also interesting that college graduates see 57% more job opportunities than non-college graduates. And about two-thirds of all jobs are going to require a post-secondary education. I also found some data that said that more than 80% of all job openings for workers with a bachelor's degree are higher, are advertised online. They can find those jobs online. Only 50% of jobs requiring a high school degree are posted online. Makes it harder for workers to connect with pr prospective employers if they don't have a college degree. Over 80% of the jobs in the four of the fastest growing occupations, and those four fastest growing occupations are healthcare, STEM jobs, education, and government services. 80% of those jobs demand post-secondary education. They demand a college degree. Of the 11.6 million jobs that have been created in the last 20 years, over 8.5 million jobs, about 95% of them, have gone to bachelor's degree holders. That is a powerful statistic. Meanwhile, jobs for high school graduates have only grown about 80,000 in that time. So bachelor's degree holders have a much lower um, rate of unemployment than people who, who aren't college degree holders. And, and people who have a degree with, excuse me, people who without a degree are three times more likely to be living in poverty. So there's definitely an income benefit to going to college in general. There's also research that shows that having a bachelor's degree leads to more long-term job satisfaction. The majority of bachelor degree holders, about 60%, say they are highly satisfied and their job is more than just a paycheck. 42% of high school grads say their job is just getting them by and just to get them by, compared to only 14% of bachelor's degree holders. Here's another an interesting statistic that, that will... Uh, give you some food for thought. And again, I'm not saying you, your kids should or should not go to college. I just want us to get some information, some facts, and make a more educated decision or have our, our sons and daughters make better educated decisions. There was a new survey from uh, August of 2022. This is just uh, from a few weeks ago. Only 46% of college grads say they are currently working in their field of study. Less than half of people with a college degree are not using their major. They're not in a job that's using their major. And most of them are working in a different field. 
There's also a lot of energy, I think, in the culture about the value of grades, how much we overvalue grades. I also think we overvalue what university kids go to. That we put a lot of energy around what the name is across their, their sweatshirt that they get from the college that they go to. I've traveled around a lot giving talks to some very successful business people all over the world. My wife and I have been, I, th I think it's 17 or 18 countries now, and all over the U.S. A lot of them have been uh, like three, four-day retreats, um, father-daughter retreats, uh, mother-daughter retreats, family events. So I get a chance to meet a lot of these successful business people. I always ask them, what do you look for in the young people that you're hiring? I can tell you, after many years of asking that question, that almost nobody says their grades are where they go to school. They just don't care. It's not about that. What they say they're looking for is a couple of things when they're interviewing young people for jobs. Number one is, do they have good people skills? Can they look you in the eye and carry on a conversation? Can they be a good teammate? Can they, are they good at collaboration? and working with other people. That's almost always number one coming from people who hire people a lot. They also want people who have, in their past, experienced times when they grabbed onto an idea, took initiative, got fully engaged in something, and poured their hearts and souls into it. They want people who can get engaged in their, in their passions. And oftentimes that passion is not school. And it doesn't have to be school. That passion, that taking initiative, that working hard, that focus, that can be transferred to anything. It doesn't have to be just about schoolwork. They also, these, these successful business people, they also tell me they want young people who are learners, who are curious learners. Because they tell me when they get young people out of college, they don't really have very many good usable skills. They've got to teach them, train them anyway. And, and what happens in their job is going to be changing. Technology changes, all the kinds of changes. So they've got to keep being willing to learn and relearn and relearn and relearn. Those are the three things I hear the most. I hear also sometimes things like critical thinking, problem solving. But the people skills, being fully engaged in something, being a curious learner, those are the top three things I hear. It's not grades. It's not where they went to school. So... In summary, generally workers who have higher levels of education, they tend to earn more money. And they also tend to find employment more readily. It's easier for them to find jobs in general. Um, and so having a four-year degree uh, does, in general, um, equate to more income. It's also interesting, I just I heard this the other day, only two in five students, two in five, about 40% of students complete their four-year degree in four years. It takes, you know, uh, three-fourths of them, whatever, 60% of them, 60% of them, you know, four years, four, four and a half years, five years, six years. Sometimes they take gap years off, they come back. So it's not as easy as you go to four-year school, four years later you graduate and you get this perfect job. Many graduates end up in jobs that don't really apply to the training that they received in college. It's also interesting that the high upfront cost of college can dig a big hole that can take years for, for students to overcome. On average, it takes students, college students, 
who are bo- uh, loan, uh, borrowing money, you know, who have loans, it takes them about two decades, about 20 years to pay off the debt. And that, that large student debt can have profound consequences for wealth building. Instead of growing their retirement savings, instead of buying homes, a lot of student loan borrowers expend a lot of their income paying back their debt. Another topic for another day is why some students are getting an, uh, an English degree and going to a top school and paying you know, 50 grand a year and owing $150,000, $200,000 to get a degree that's not going to pay off in that way. That's another subject for another day. Publicly funded colleges and universities, I think, should tell students up front what are their completion rates, what's the average income in the degree program that they're going into, What's the average student debt? Vocational schools, trade schools, average about $33,000 for their degree from a trade school, vocational school. While four-year institutions cost, on average, for the four years, about $127,000. That is a big difference. There are 30 million jobs in the United States today that pay an average of $55,000 a year, and they don't require a bachelor's degree. Many of these jobs go to people who have vocational degrees, who have been to trade schools. There's a survey done in 2017 that said 70% 70 of contractors are having a hard time finding qualified craft workers. And many of you who are listening to this have probably found that because when you're trying to get a plumber to come to your house, when you're trying to get an electrician to come to your house, uh, we did a little uh, add-on to our house this, this past year, and the, and the contractor who was doing, doing the work said he couldn't find workers. There are lots of jobs that people you know, put their noses up at, which actually are, are good jobs and good-paying jobs. But we don't value those very much in our culture. We value the four degree like it's the holy grail. So as you're Mulling over, you know, is college worth it? Is college necessary for my my daughter to have a successful life? I think there's also some other questions you can be asking along the way as well. Like, if they go to college, what's the return supposed to be? What are they supposed to get out of it? Is it just about earning more money over their lifetime? Is the only purpose of an education, a college education, is the only purpose is to get you a job? In a sense, you know, ask the question and have your daughters struggle with the question, what is my college going to be for? It's interesting that that um, a lot of people say they want their kids to go to college because they, they want them to think of themselves as a future leader in our country, in our society. But a lot of times I think what these institutions are really meaning is that leadership is nothing more than getting to the top, making the most money. And I don't think that should be the goal of our kids. I, th- I think too many young people haven't taken the time to think about, you know, what's the return? What do I want from this education besides a degree, that piece of paper? What about things like intellectual discovery? How about their development? How about their growth, their personal growth? Expanding themselves. Learning about their interests and their aptitudes. One of the things I know is true because I've been watching surveys over the last 10, 15 years is there's a lot of, of especially in girls, a lot of anxiety and depression, um, a lot of mental health issues in our sons and daughters who are in college. And girls are suffering more than boys when it comes to things like anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, sadness, loneliness, etc. 
And two years of COVID didn't help, believe me. I found a bunch of articles that were talking about the sort of non-economic benefits or potential benefits of college. Because college hopefully doesn't just affect income. It's also about, about growing up. Um, hopefully, the uh, college degree, some, some studies found, can lead people to make better decisions about their health. People who have a college degree tend to be, uh, have better marriages. They parent differently in general, less spanking, more authoritarian. They uh, tend to be less engaged in risky behaviors. We, they tend to live longer when they have a degree. But there's a lot of factors that go into that. And it's kind of hard to pick out just the college piece to say, oh, they went to college, that's why they're living longer. That's why they're more satisfied. That's why. There's things like genetics, family background. There's a lot of, there's a lot of research that shows that having had parents with a college degree and having gone through that experience, that conveys something to their, their kids that makes them more likely to be successful when they go off to school than first-time uh, in the family college um, people. So it's not so easy to say, well, you went to college, and so these people have this. It's a cause and effect thing, if, if you're understanding what I'm saying. One of the things I talk to young people about oftentimes is not about will you go to college or when will you go to college or where will you go to college, but how will you go to college? How you go to college is critical. What do you demand of your university? The nature of, of your, your daughter's college experience is going to depend upon the work that, the, that she puts into it. How much energy, how much effort? Is she, is she really thinking consciously about what she wants to achieve? Is she taking part in lots of different activities? Is she trying to hang out with different kinds of people? Is she expanding herself? Is she taking risks, trying new things, trying new things on? Is she spending some of those four years doing self-examination? Is she honing her resources? Is she, is she developing, and, is she developing more tools that will help her in life? All of that matters more than the name of the college across the jersey. How you go to college is more important than where you go. I think sometimes students who go to colleges that are less prestigious and who are paying some of, all of, part of their college, I think a lot of times those students demand more of those places because they've got more investment. They're paying part of it or all of it. And oftentimes they end up putting more into it because of that. I also think that for, for young people who don't go to college right away or who go for a year or two and then back out and take a gap year or some gap time, I think it's not about are you or aren't you. It's like, what are you doing with that time? Let me give you two examples. One of my camp counselors went to college for a year. She was kind of hemming and hawing about going. She, she's a, a girl or a young woman, I guess you would call her. She's a woman who, who probably should have been born in the 60s. Free spirit. Um, and she wants some adventure. Um, she went to junior college for a year. She worked two jobs, saved money. And then she went to Europe, all in her own dime. And what she's doing is she went to Europe, to, to England, the fir this first leg of her journey, and she's working on an organic farm. There's some kind of a, 
uh, system out there, I think it's called Woof, Woofers, W-O-O-F-E-R-S, where you can go online and find places that will take you on. So she's at this place for six weeks. It's an organic farm where they're, and they're, they're teaching her how to do the organic farming. They also um, have bees. They're, they're, they're um, raising bees to make honey. She's learning how to do that for six weeks. She gets free room and board. They don't pay her, but they pay her in experience and room and board. And there's places like that all over the world. So she did her first six-week gig, loved it, had a great experience, met 10 other people that she was, they're doing the same thing. And then she was going to take two weeks to travel to France because she'd always wanted to go there and look at the art because she's very artistic. And then she's going on to a new six-week experience. Now, to me, that's an invaluable experience for a, a almost 20-year-old. I think she's learning way more about herself than she would if she was in school and not wanting to be there. My guess is that someday she'll go back. On the other hand, she may end up deciding I'm going to be an organic farmer and, and raise bees and whatever, and she may not need college. Or she'll learn what she needs, and when she goes to college, she will demand from her professors, this is what I want. I know what I need. So I think how you're... How your, how your daughters spend their time if they do a gap year is important. Let me give you another example. My, my son, TJ, uh, went to a four-year college, graduated, uh, did well. He decided that he, he was a political science, uh, he had a political science major with two minors. I think he had a minor in sociology and one of them in something else. I can't remember, maybe psychology or something. But anyway, he didn't want to go to law school. Everybody said, oh, you're going to go to law school? He's like, I'm not going to law school. I don't want to be a lawyer. So what he did was he... He was accepted into a program called Teach for America. And so he went to a big city and he worked in an inner city middle school for two years. That, that's the Teach for America model. And it was tough, tough families, tough circumstances, great kids, but in tough, tough um, environments. He loved the kids. He loved you know, working with them, didn't want to be a teacher. Um, and so when he was done with his two years of that, he needed a break. So he bought a backpack, he bought a tent, and he bought a ticket to New Zealand along with a, a ukulele because he plays guitar and he wanted to take something. And he took off knowing nobody in New Zealand. Just said, I'm going I'm to fly by the seat of my pants. And I, I don't even know how long. And so he, he went to New Zealand. He, he hiked around, did all kinds. Of, he, he bungee jumped, all kinds of fun things. He started running out of money, so he worked in an orchard picking fruit for a month, traveled some more, stopped again, picked fruit for a while, saved money, traveled some more, went to Australia, worked at a high-end seafood restaurant for six months, saved money, got his scuba certification at the Barrier Reef. Then he, started, he traveled another six or eight months around uh, Australia and Southeast Asia. His total trip was either 20 or 22 months. And I know early on, after he'd been gone for a couple months, he started to question Am I being like a bum? Should I be going back home and getting like a real job? I, I, I feel like I, I feel, I'm starting to feel guilty. That's all the conditioning that was saying to him, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be, you've got your degree, go get a job or go to grad school or go to law school. But, but he fought that off, thank goodness. And he, and he hung in there and, and had an incredible experience for like 20-ish months. And I remember some of our friends, when we would tell them that what TJ was doing, they would look at us like, are you okay with that? I mean, shouldn't he be working? He's, he was, I guess, 23 or 24 at that time. 
And we said to them, he is having uh, you know, a chance of a lifetime, and he is learning so much about himself. And he was already very grown up. He was already very independent and very had a lot of self-efficacy, but he learned even more on that trip flying by the seat of his pants. So how your kids spend their time, how your kids go to college is so important. So they are, they are sucking the marrow out of their experience, if you will. So watch your energy when you start talking about college and what your daughters are going to be doing when they graduate from high school. Even things like that, that seems so easy to understand is hard sometimes where our daughters sometimes feel so much pressure by going to top schools that if they don't get into Harvard, if they don't get into some top school, they feel like a failure. I saw a girl in my counseling practice two days ago who has a 4.5 GPA. She's a junior in high school and she wants a 4.7. I guess that's the top. And she, she, and she says if she ever gets like an A minus or a B or a B plus, she's like distraught because that to her is a failure. And that's why I'm seeing her in counseling because she's so stressed out unnecessarily. So I want them to know that going to college or what college you go to, that should not be the, the, the thing that decides am I okay or not? Am I successful or not? I want us to watch that we don't condition our kids to believe this one path standard thing and all the pressures that come with that. There's lots of ways for our kids to be successful. Don't allow our kids to feel like there's one size that fits all because one size does not fit all. There are lots of ways to get there, whatever there means for each of your kids. And there might be something totally different because they have different personalities different aptitudes, different interests, different passions, maybe different opportunities at that particular time in their lives. I also think, I think every one of our kids needs to be educated about their options. It's not just that we talk about college. We talk about different vocations and trade school, um, other opportunities that they can use, uh, internships, jobs. You know, you've heard me talk about my dot theory before. You know, dots are opportunities across your path that you feel drawn to. And I always, I always encourage kids, do those. If it seems like fun, if you seem drawn to it, do it because eventually over many months and years, those dots connect and then the picture of your life starts to emerge. But there's not one drawing. There's lots of drawings. What every one of our young adults needs is usable skills. And those can be derived from a lot of different places, not just college. College is hardly the only source for developing these kinds of usable skills and tools. Uh, too many young people today are turning their noses up at good paying jobs like plumbers and carpenters and firefighters or electricians. Perhaps one reason why we're losing our middle class. There's lots of reasons. That may be one reason. I want you to allow your daughters over time to carve out their own path in their own way and in their own time, like my son's travels. I don't want your daughters to live their life by shoulds. I don't want them making decisions about going to college because everybody else is going or because if they don't go, they'll disappoint their parents or their teachers. I urge you to value passion where you find it. Remember Julia from the beginning of this podcast. I remember when she was, she was describing to me 
doing up her friend's hair and their makeup before proms and homecoming dances. And she described what she was doing with them, her whole being lit up. That was, that was her passion. That's what she was motivated to, to want to do with her life. Those are the times when she's most alive, most authentic, and that's her intrinsic motivation. Look for that in your kids when they're doing things. Help them to get in touch with that because that'll help direct them towards what's the next step. Step. I think if given the choice about college and things like that, given the autonomy to choose their own path, where they go to college, where they go to college, when they go to college, I think if they're given that kind of autonomy, they'll be much more invested, they'll be much more engaged, and therefore reap a lot more benefits from the experience if they go. Is college necessary for a successful life? I believe the answer is a resounding no. I need, and I think we all need to appreciate that all young people aren't cut from the same cloth. All of them aren't going to fit on this one path that we've sort of carved out for everybody. Support your daughter in finding her own unique life path that fits her interests and her aptitude and her passions. And if you allow your daughter to do that, then you'll be able to sit back and watch them soar. And by the way, as an afterthought, my guess is that you know a lot of people in your lives who didn't take the cookie cutter one path path. I encourage girls all the time to interview every adult they bump into and say, when you were my age, when you were 14 or 16 or 18 or 20, at, at point A, did you know at that point what you'd be doing when you're, when you're 50 years of age. So if you're 50 now in this really cool job, and you, you found your passion, you found your calling, did you know that when you were my age? I tell girls, uh, my guess would be that 95% of them had no clue because that's not how life works. Most of us did not know, and it's okay not to know. But I encourage them to interview lots and lots of adults so they can start to accrue evidence that says it's okay to do it in a different way. And if you know any friends who didn't do it the, uh, the exact way, if they took time off, if they took gap years, if they start, started and stopped college, if they, or if they don't even have a college degree, but they end up having a happy, successful life, make sure your kids talk to them as well so they can start gathering information and experiences that'll help them, I think, decide what was best for them. I did a lot of talking today. I apologize for that. Um, I feel very strongly about this. I see girls so often in my counseling practice, my retreats. I saw them the other day at that talk with those honor students. So stressed and pressured. I want them to, to let go of all that stress and pressure and find their path. Learn how to have quiet time, go inward to know what's right for them. Encourage your daughters and support your daughters in that process. I will be back here in a week with another topic. I don't know what I'm going to do next week, but I'll, I'll figure out something I think will be interesting to you. Um, by the way, uh, my, my website is www.drtimjordan.com, like drtimjordan.com. So you can go on there and look at all the things that I do, and all my resources, the books, and all that stuff. And there's all, also a whole list of, I think I've done 180 podcasts. I've did that many or, or more blogs in the past. You can find that information there uh, for more help in uh, raising your daughters. Thanks so much for stopping by, and I will see you back here in a week.